Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here today, Locked On Nationals podcast. It is the 13th of July, 2022. And today we have Tim Kelly from Phillies Nation, also from Odyssey Sports. He wrote an article about destinations for Josh Bell via trade. We'll hit on those coming up next. Daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, your host of Locked On Nationals with Tim Kelly from Odyssey Sports and also Phillies Nation. You guys can find him on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports, also a Former member of the Locked On family, the old host of Locked On Phillies. Tim, it's nice to talk to you again. It's good to talk to you too, Josh. Good to be back on the Locked On Network. Uh, lots of progress has been made, and I, I was always a fan, even when I left, of uh, all the work that the Locked On Network's done. So just let's just talk about the Phillies real fast. I mean, a team that's been up and down. You know, uh, generally, you'd say, I mean, pretty a nice start. A nice start. They'd like to be contending with the top dogs in the division, the Mets and the Braves. Not quite up there with them, but still, you know, in shouting distance, I guess you could say right now. Yeah, I think before the season, I predicted they'd get the last wild card spot in the NL East. Now, the way that they've gotten there isn't exactly what I would have projected, but uh, I believe coming into today, they're either in tied for that spot or just outside of it. So uh, sometimes it doesn't matter the route you get there, just that you get there. Yeah, they're one game back right now. The Cardinals, who also feel like they're, you know, those two teams just feel like they're they're pretty both inconsistent. Um, but you wrote an article. I mean, this this is why we're here today about Josh Bell as a as a you know trade asset, and he is the best trade asset the Washington Nationals have right now, especially you know today with the news that Tanner Rainey is going to hit the sixty day DL for the Nats uh, on the bullpen side of things. So. He as an asset just seems to be off the table now. But I mean, he's been, you know, I'd I'd say probably maybe even the biggest surprise in the National League East this year. I mean, how good he's he was good last year, but the fact he's been the Nationals' best player, and and it's, you know, it's, there's no argument in that statement. It kind of shows you it, it, it is a big surprise. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if the Nationals were only gonna have one all-star, he probably should have been it over Juan Soto. Not that he's a better player than Juan Soto, but this season I think he's been their best player. And I remember being covering a Phillies Nationals game last year uh, in like May or June in DC and looking at their roster. And it was like you had Juan Soto and Trey Turner, but then you had kind of some cast offs from other teams. And I'm just like, what do they think they're going to get out of Kyle Schwarber and Josh Bell? And like a few weeks later, Kyle Schwarber went insane hitting home runs and hasn't really stopped since then. And Josh Bell, I mean, he's not having the power numbers that he put up the year in Pittsburgh, but I think he's having his most complete season and setting himself up to get a nice contract this offseason. So certainly he's someone that I think in a weaker trade market is probably one of the top five position players available. It's funny, especially with Schwarber, you know, you're very familiar with him, obviously, on the Phillies now, but they did not get proper value for him because, I mean, obviously with the DH coming in, it changed the, you know, his his world completely opened up for him at that point. And, um, you know, Dave Martinez, a guy who had experience with obviously Schwarber in that first spot when he was there in Chicago, 
something they experimented with. And then they brought them, you know, they brought them over the nationals and did that same thing. And it was gangbusters. And then obviously in Philadelphia, it's been great. So, you know, he, he's one of he he's an extremely weird case, isn't he? I mean, just, you know, of having kind of right things happen at the right time for him. Yeah. And everyone, almost certainly everyone at the end of his curve will remember him as a cub. But I feel like we're starting uh, to see like his full potential. Uh, you saw it in D.C. last year in Boston a little bit and now in Philly. So he's had an interesting career in the sense that he's been in like four major markets now and he's a pretty right. loved player in every single one, which is extremely hard to do. And Josh Bell is actually that as well. You're kind of getting back back to him, a, a great team guy. And also, what do you think about him as an asset? It's not just a rental. Maybe somebody that you can re-sign. You know, I don't think it would cost – I mean, he's had three really nice years. Obviously, go back then to that 20, I want to say 19 season where he was awesome. You know, you, you go to the last year, which was a really nice season, and this year he's been awesome. But still, you know, a little bit above average as a defensive player. You watch him on a day-to-day. You don't feel like this is some guy who's a gold glover out there. But uh, the hitting splits for him from both sides of the plate are fantastic. And not a player that's going to break the bank. Also, do you think he could be – could part of his value be the ability to re-sign him? Yeah, I do think that that's possible. And you've seen this with the Mets in the division the last few years. They thought they knew they were going to lose Zach Wheeler, so they traded for Marcus Stroman that uh, summer before they knew last year they were going to lose Stroman. So they had signed Taiwan Walker. So I kind of like that strategy of giving yourself upgrading your roster in the present and giving yourself insurance moving forward. Now there's a few teams on this list, like the guardians that really probably would just be a rental, but for a team like the Red Sox, yeah, he gives you an upgrade at first base, but he also is insurance if JD Martinez leaves at the end of the season in uh, just in general, the Red Sox are going to have a lot in flux this offseason. So someone like that, yes, he's also going to be a free agent, but seemingly isn't going to cost what someone like Xander Bogarts would cost if he opts out, which he's expected to do. Uh, I, I do think that, that there is something to that, that even though he can become a free agent this offseason, you feel like he's an attainable guy. And I haven't dug done some deep dive into what type of deal he'll get. But like just off the top of my head, I feel like he's like a three-year deal type right. guy, not somebody that's going to get six or seven years, but he's going to be very productive. And honestly, not that different than Schwarber. Like in hindsight, Schwarber probably should have got five or six years. You get him for four and you feel great about it. Josh Bell might fall into a similar category. All right, quick break in the action for a word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile and BlueNile.com. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get 50% off a purchase of $500 or more today. This is a podcast exclusive and it includes engagement. Use code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, it ships free and arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace for that special somebody. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, and I think especially, you know, he might have a year where he's not hitting well from one side of the plate, but can bring it from the other. 
Um, and you're seeing, you know, he's bringing it from both this time. But let's go to the Red Sox. I, I know it's the last team you've listed in the article, but it's actually a question. Somebody, you know, asked us a question about this. I mean, yeah, it's it's a team that it's an arms race, right? In that in that division. I mean, we saw today a team uh, in the Blue Jays that is at a playoff spot right now fire their manager, and you know, I'm not saying it's undeserved, right? But it's just kind of the nature of the beast over there in the, in the AL East. Uh, it's an arms race, and this is a guy that can help them. And obviously, I don't think they've been too pleased with the way Bobby Dahlback has played this year. Yeah, no, I think the Red Sox, and I was talking with Rob Bradford from WEI about this yesterday before I wrote the article, and he agreed that they, they would make sense as a potential landing spot. I mean, you look at all the free agents they have this offseason. We mentioned, like, the insurance angle, but just – you have no idea what Heim Bloom is going to do this offseason. They have Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Kike Hernandez, Nathan Evaldi. All of them can become free agents. So in a sense, this might be the last push with this group, especially since you have Rafael Devers can become a free agent after 2023. So uh, I kind of think it makes sense to push in with this group one more time. Not sure what you're going to get in the future. Uh, and then also knowing that he becomes of your free agents, one of the guys that you feel pretty good about your chances of re-signing. Yeah, compared to the rest of those guys you mentioned, you you do you do feel better about him being, you know, and that's a park that he'd probably do very well in. You know, it's a boombox, so it's probably a park that he have a lot of success in. Uh, also on this list, Milwaukee Brewers. You've got two teams from the central the central divisions, plural. I mean, those divisions are like. Those teams definitely need some help. Nobody's afraid of the Brewers. Nobody's afraid of the Guardians. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's afraid of the Twins either. Just kind of listing those teams off that are in those divisions in the hunt for playoff spots. So let's go with the Brewers first. Why do you think Josh Bell would make a lot of sense in Milwaukee? I think he would allow you to kind of platoon Rowdy Telez and Andrew McCutcheon at DH. Obviously, Andrew McCutcheon was in Philly the last few years. He can still hit lefties, but he's not someone that should be uh, starting every single game at this stage of his career. So Josh Bell gives you an upgrade at first and then allows you against right-handed pitchers to use Rowdy Telez as your DH instead. And I look at the Brewers and think you have Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer, Josh Hader, Devin Williams. The pitching is unquestionably World Series caliber. The lineup to me, I mean, you probably need multiple people to add into that lineup. Uh, Christian Yelich just has not uh, rediscovered the MVP caliber form he showed for two years. And uh, it's a team that should be competing for a World Series this year. I, I have a feeling this will probably be Josh Hader's last season there. So for them, it makes sense. Uh, to go after Josh Bell. And that's one of the situations where I feel like it's 50, 50. Uh, I could imagine a scenario where Josh Bell is just a rental there, but I can imagine a scenario. The Brewers maybe don't spend as much as some of the other teams like the Red Sox on this list, but they're also not the guardians in terms of spending where they don't spend at all. So uh, he could be a rental or he could be someone you ultimately re-sign and becomes a core piece there. And obviously there's a comfort level having spent the first few years of his career in Pittsburgh in the NL Central. Yeah, that is – I think you're spot on. I mean, I think it's probably time they start attacking the window, right? I mean, they've been around, obviously, 2019. Remember the Nationals beat them, you know, and, and obviously before that, and, and they've been around. But the lineup for them has just not been good enough. And so, you know, that that is one of the questions here is, is Josh Bell a one move for them? Is it one of several moves? 
but like what what do the Nationals get in return? Because I, I do think with all these teams you bring up, like there is gonna be I mean, he's he's slowly becoming one of the best bats available. You know, you mentioned in your piece, like he's not an all-star, but that's honestly just because of the rules, right? The rules that every team has to have an all-star. Like Juan Soto is the Nationals all-star. Well, if you've watched Nationals baseball year, who's the real all-star in the team? It's Josh Bell, right? There's no doubt about that. And so, you know, you're getting an all-star level player and, and there's going to be more than one suitor and he's a switch hitter and you could re-sign him. You might say he's a rental, but they might, the Nationals might counter with a, you could re-sign him and it's not going to cost you a lot. So I, I think, I think more we talk about this, like his value to me is, I think he's going to fetch more than people think he is. Yeah, I'm interested to do that. I don't think he's fetching like one of your top three or four prospects. But if you can get two of the – if you find a team that has a strong farm system and you can get like their sixth and tenth best prospect for a guy that – I mean, the Nationals season is a lost cause. It was never really a cause this season. It was not, correct. um, (laughs) It's not like he's doing much good there. Uh, and they're probably not going to re-sign him in the unlikely event that they don't trade him. So move him, get a couple lottery tickets, and you hope for the best. You're not getting uh, guys that are going to immediately become your one and two prospects in the organization. But if you can get a pitcher that someday ends up being your number three starter for a guy that is a really good player, but your window is not now, I think that makes sense. One more break in the action on today's Locked On Nationals podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all of your betting needs. If you guys want Major League Baseball, bet on the Home Run Derby, F1, NASCAR, boxing, MMA, futures, all of those things you guys can find at BetOnline and betonline.net. They've got a new interface. It's easy to use. You can find all the different sports and events and even got special things like special props and they'll have lines for wrestling events as well. So anything that you could want to place a wager on in the sports world or even in politics too, you guys can find at betonline and betonline.net today. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. So you mentioned the Astros in this list too, and I think a lot of Nationals fans would, you know, they hit the win over the Astros in the World Series. That that that's fine, but they would maybe flinch a little bit to send him that way. But you know, you made a compelling case uh, for them and, and why they should. Obviously, people are paying attention this year, you know, to how good they have been. But Yuli Gurriel has, has really had a tough season. Uh, do you? Well, just generally speaking, the Astros. Do you think they've beat up on a tough uh, on a bad division? Uh, we should say and the record might be a bit inflated to a degree, but we also saw them go into new, both New York teams and kind of have their way. So it's a playoff tested team. It's a team that went to the world series last year and got Justin Verlander back this year. So uh, I'm buying the Astros. Like if I did a power rankings of that, of all the teams in the league, they might be number one right now. If not, they'd be two, three, four in that range. So uh, they're a team Yuli Gurriel's an interesting case because he's been a core member of this team. He won a batting title last year, so your inclination is to say he's going to bounce back, but he's 38 years old, so maybe he won't bounce back. And you never know how many years you have with given windows. Dusty Baker, you don't know how many years is going to manage. Uh, Jose Altuve, Justin Verlander, you have guys that 
or at the back half of their primes, if anything, uh, Justin Verlander's just had a prime for like 15 years. But yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you get the point that they, they are a team that e- even though they seem to always have an answer when they lose George Springer or lose Carlos Correa, you don't want to you want to push your chips in at least to a degree when you know what you have and what they have this year is a World Series contender. Yeah, it's a question of you know whether or not giving up stuff for Josh Bell you know hurts your window or you know allows you to to maintain it if you end up re-signing him. Uh, so I think it's really interesting. And the Cleveland, uh, well, actually, we talked a little bit about the Guardians. I I just don't see it because they seem to trade people away and just keep being relatively competitive. Uh, I would, I just, it's, it'd be weird to see them make a move for a guy. Although that division feels like they could easily snatch it. Nobody's, you know, buying a ton of twin stock right now. Yeah. It's a winnable division. And if they are able to sneak into the playoffs this year, they kind of set themselves up to be able to say for like a, a few years, at least see, we don't even need to spend that much money and we can win. So Josh Bell is kind of like, yeah, we'll we'll pay fifteen dollars now, so we don't have to pay twenty five dollars later. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, I, I think he would be a rental there, but he he would be a guy that if all goes well and you sneak into the playoffs, you can say we're going to go into the roster or the regular season every year with a roster that maybe some people have doubts about, and if things go well, which the Guardians have been a team that's been incredible at developing talent, specifically pitching. Uh, they'll make a trade at the deadline. So to me, he's someone that uh, I I would be intrigued to see him there. I don't think it's the most likely. It might be the least likely of all the teams on the list, but uh, they they definitely make some sense to me. And then the Mets. Uh, This is actually the one that I think makes a ton of sense. Um, Got a great series win, though, this week against the Braves, but still, you know, they they do need at least a bat really badly and they gotta they could get a guy here could do it from both sides of the plate obviously with Alonzo at first. There's some there's you know there's some platoon situations where you could you know decide who plays but uh this one to me makes a lot of sense. Obviously the interdivision divisional element in trades is usually a very interesting one. Yeah it is uh but that doesn't necessarily stop. I mean the Phillies and Nationals famously did the Jonathan Papelbon for Nick Pavetta swap. The Nationals are not a contender this year. They're not going to be a contender next year. Like they're they're at the point where you just get whatever the best deal is right. for you, you make that deal. The Mets are going to be good regardless. So it really isn't a situation where the Mets are or the Nationals are like taking a step back this year because they're going to win 78 games, but they think next year they can win 88. Like it, so I, I wouldn't let the interdivision thing get in the way if that's the best offer. I do think when it's in division, like you have to not only if there's two close offers, you go with the one out of division. So the Mets have to win the tiebreaker there. But the Mets have a lineup with guys like Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte that like they have a bunch of guys that can hit two, six, seven, those kind of spots in the lineup. Outside of Pete Alonso, though, I think they need another run producer uh, going to. Uh, a better lineup. I think Josh Bell sees more pitches and probably hits for a little bit more power, but at a minimum, he's another 300 hitter that you're adding into that lineup. Uh, they got Max Scherzer back. You have Jacob DeGrom looming. You have Tyler McGill looming. They add Josh Bell. Like they're really, I know everyone's waiting for this collapse from the Mets. I, I don't see it happening. So if you had to pick out of all of these, which one you felt like was the most likely which one would you pick? That's a good question. Um, you know, I'm going to surprise some people. I'm going to say the Brewers. I just think it, it's a team 
that doesn't always pay to keep their stars once they get to their free agent years. And you have Corbin Burns is one of the two or three best pitchers in baseball right now. Josh Bell is an all-time – or Josh Bell. Josh Hader is an all-time closer that you have maybe just for the rest of this season. They're a team to me that desperately needs to add that type of piece because they're they're a year from now they might not look the same. So I think they make the most sense, but the Mets and Red Sox I'd very much put in that discussion as well. All right, Tim Kelly, uh, tell people where they can find you and your work and all of its variety. Uh, at Phillies Nation, at Tim Kelly Sports, and then also Odyssey Sports as well. All right, Tim, we appreciate your time. Tim Kelly of, as he said, Phillies Nation, also Odyssey Sports. Have a great trip to Miami. Enjoy some of the sun. I'm sure it's going to be hot and humid. Yeah. <laughs> but enjoy the, uh, enjoy the large warehouse that is Marlins Park. I will. It's my first time there, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I, hear it's, I hear it's a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, Tim. Appreciate your time, man. Thanks.